Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. I've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that will help us grow. Tonight, I am joined by Laura again, and a lot of people loved her episode, so I had to get her back because Laura has had a life full of paranormal activity. Laura, welcome back. Thanks a lot, Ked. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you back. Your stories have absolutely blown my mind. I feel like you're one of these very rare selected people who get to kind of have all these wonderful events slash terrifying events, depending how <laughs> how you how you look at it, um, and it's kind of I could just imagine there's so many people out there who are jealous who have had no experience in their lives, and this is almost just like a daily occurrence to you by the sounds of it. Pretty much ever since I was little, terrifying, and yeah, I mean, look, I've had some really wonderful experiences, but. You know, as a kid growing up with a really unsupportive family, it like it was hard. I mean, I thought I was crazy. I mean, as a child, you don't know any different. At the time, I didn't know any different. So I would, I would see um, these spirits and I, I saw them like I see you and me, but no one else could see them. So my mum couldn't see them. My brothers didn't seem to see them either. How old and, were you when that all started to happen? So my earliest memory is from about three years old. We moved into our house at Sydney. I remember just seeing this floating head in the window of this boy. Um, And he would have been dressed in like 1930s, 1940s 
because he had the cap on and I could see a collar and breeches. Um, so that's my earliest memory of seeing something in the house. Wow, at three years old, that's that's spooky stuff for someone that age. Yes, so I slept with my light on until I was about 15 years old. It was really just to, in, in my head, it was just to keep... I couldn't see them as clear as I could in the darkness, so I would keep the light on to uh, keep them away. And I suffered from insomnia, so I didn't sleep. I was terrified. So you could see the spirits better in the dark than you could in, in a, in a well lit room? Yeah, I could. Why is that? Were, were they illuminated or something like that? Yeah, you could say, I guess you could say, I mean, they didn't, it wasn't like they were shiny or. I, look, I don't even know how to explain it, really. Um, I could see them really well in the dark. They weren't glowing. They weren't, you know, giving off an illuminescence or anything. But, yeah, they, they, they were like I would see you and me in the daytime. That's incredible because, I mean, being so young and, and kind of seeing apparitions kind of like that, that would have been – was it difficult to distinguish what was – happening in i guess the real world and what was kind of happening in that spiritual type of sense look i imagine yes but uh i describe it as like for me people like living things and animals have different energies to the ghosts so they just felt different so i knew they weren't living even though they look like you and me I, i knew they just weren't they didn't have the same energy as a as a living person that's interesting that Even you say that. Even though that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't sound crazy at all because you're not the only person I've heard that from. It's It yeah. sounds like it's it's a thing when it comes to this type of stuff because I've spoken to multiple people who seem to be able to do something very similar to what you do where they can kind of see apparitions and they look like normal people, but they know that they're not a normal person. Like their 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 vibe is just off is the way that I would kind of relay it in, in, in my layman terms. Yeah, it's like walking into a bedroom and knowing there's been an argument and that atmosphere is charged. It's just a different feeling. Or when you walk into I mean, I don't know whether it applies to to everyone, but when you walk into a place and you can feel there's someone there watching you or there's something there's something not quite right with the space. And to me, that usually red flags for it's it's haunted generally when I get that red flag go up. So what was it like growing up with this ability? Were you able to talk to anyone about it? Was it something that was kind of shunned upon? Yeah, so I I did try to talk with my mum quite a few times only because she did say that she also had experiences in this house that we lived in. But then... When I my experiences, so it went from seeing um, dead people, I suppose you'd say, to I would answer mum's question before she asked it and I would sit down and play cards and I could tell you every single card I'd draw from the pack. Really? I could play games, yeah, I could play, I would play a game with my brothers with dice and I knew exactly what I would, you know, throw and I would win every single game. Um just weird things like that. So it started freaking mum out and mum just started saying, look, you know, you're basically, you're crazy. My dad absolutely did not believe in the paranormal. Um, He did have some experiences in the house that he couldn't explain that he told my mum about. 
but he would not speak about it, wouldn't talk about it to anyone and just was in complete denial. So it was, it was really hard. And even at like school back then in the 80s, people, it was, you know, it wasn't something cool, you know. Um, I spoke about it to a few of my friends and they just, I was just labelled Weird Laura. That must have been really hard growing up like that because to to be labelled crazy from your from your mum, that would have been pretty hurtful, I could imagine. And yeah. then to, I kind of guess, have the same thing applied to you by your friends at school and kind of really feeling alone, that would have been really tough. Yeah, it was complete isolation um, is the only word really to describe it. It was just complete isolation. And when I was about 15, I just completely shut down. Like I mentally said, I cannot handle this anymore. I've got no support. I just can't, you know, I can't have this anymore. And it did. It, it disappeared for years until I had James. So you really just kind of blocked this out of your life? Yep. I literally flicked the off switch. Was that mentally draining on you? Because you said that you, you had insomnia and do you, I guess this is kind of a, a multi-part question is, do you think your insomnia was from having this ability to not being able to turn your brain off because I guess it's hyperactive with everything that you can you can do with it? And did that insomnia kind of get cured when you, when you I guess, turn that off? Yeah, so I finally slept. I mean, the thing was when I did like sleep, so I would stay up for hours just reading so I didn't have to fall asleep and deal with it because how I used to deal with it, I would actually ask them because it used to freak me out seeing them in person. I would ask them to appear in my dreams because I could handle it better. I don't even know why, but speaking to them in dream in dreams was easier for me to process and seeing them physically just appear in the room and start talking to me. Um, so that's kind of how I dealt with it. I can't even imagine the thought process that goes behind trying to deal with that because you're seeing stuff that's not supposed to exist. You know, like ghosts, are, they're a made-up story. Spirits, these things, they're not real. And you're so young and you're you're trying to deal with this alone. I'm, I mean, what, what goes through your head at, at that age when you're trying to do all this? I, yeah, I... Look, I, I didn't have depression, but I did deal with a lot of like mental battles, I guess, because I was seeing something no one else could. You do question your sanity. Like I knew what I saw, I knew what I experienced, um, but no one would listen to me. No one saw what I saw, so it was like, well, maybe, maybe I, you know, maybe I am crazy. You do question yourself. I don't blame you. I mean, it's if everyone around you is saying no, this isn't happening. It's you're you're making it up. You're crazy. It's, I mean, if if everyone around you saying that, you would almost tend to go, well, are they right? And that no, exactly. that would be a huge spanner in the works for you, especially growing up. No, it look it it definitely was, and it 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 was one of the main reasons why I just thought I just can't do this anymore until I've got some sort of support or understand what I'm going through. I just can't deal with this anymore, and literally switched it off. So, what was the process behind switching it off? Was it just you just became numb to the world in that sense? Yeah, so I just it was just a mental. I don't even. I, don't even know how to explain how I just mentally made the decision and 
blocked it all out. Um, I can't really explain how it worked or I honestly don't know. No, that's fair enough because, like I said earlier, I've spoken to so many people who seem to have the same type of ability as you. And a lot of them are doing the same thing. Like they don't really want any part of it because it's, it's an uninvited thing into their lives. They don't want to be able to do this. And they're doing the same thing where they're just kind of trying to numb it out of their lives. So it's a, it's a really interesting process from, from my point of view. Yeah, well, and back back in the like eighties and nineties, until really the X Files came out and these things started to be, you know, cool, it just wasn't seen as a you know a cool thing. So there wasn't any support. I mean, there wasn't any you know psychics weren't cool, and I mean there was none of that. Whereas now people say, oh wow, you know that's really cool. You know, I wish I could see ghosts. I wish I could do tarot cards. So it's, I mean. You're talking about, hang on, oh my, 20 years. It's changed so much since I was a teenager. Um, and that that was a question I was going to ask you because you obviously, we spoke before we went started recording, and you've you've experienced so much else in in your life in the, in the in the sense of the paranormal. You you said that you t- you. I, and I know this is really bad language, but you said like you turned this this ability back on when you had your your first child. What was the the reasoning behind that? Was it a was it something to make sure he was safe from from the things that you used to be able to see? Well, I didn't. It wasn't intentional. So when I fell pregnant with James, weird things just started happening in the house, and I just thought, uh oh. And whether it was, I mean, people say, you know, you get more sensitive and yada, yada, yada when you're pregnant. And with James, that that was the case. So I don't know whether it was because everything was heightened or whether it was because, I mean, he sees more than I do. So I don't know whether it was this weird, like, your son is coming along and he can see more than you can and you need to be able to support him. Um, I, I don't know which which it is. Could be both, but my son definitely sees more than a lot of people. And it's look, it is hard to talk to some people about it. I mean, I told you some was the last podcast that um, we talked on, but he sees so much more and has said so much more. And it is it really is crazy stuff. Not to him. I mean, he says it very matter of fact. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the best way that he can do it at this this point in his life because, I mean, we we would really prefer that he probably had a not the the crazy approach that you had when you're a child because I, I could imagine that was incredibly difficult for you to grow up with these abilities that no one else had, and I'm sure you would like to pave uh, pave a way for your for your child to I guess enjoy the the gift that they may have. No, exactly. So when we brought him home, like it was would have been the first night we had, we'd been given all these toys, you know, even though he couldn't use them because he was a baby baby. But so these things had no batteries. They were still in their boxes, you know. Um, but in the middle of the night, they started going off. Like I'm talking about, we had this train that my mum had given me and it was going across the floor without any batteries switch in the off position um we had the baby monitor we could hear voices coming through it and 
I mean, sometimes with those things, you've got a question, are they picking up signals from, you know, trucky radios or um, other walkie-talkies in the area? But it was just a really weird coincidence. So it was from the get-go that we had, and we're seeing shadows in the house. And my husband, so when I first met my husband, he was, he was actually terrified of death. Apart from being obsessed with alien movies and UFOs, <laughs> he did not want to know about ghosts at really? all. And I was very upfront saying, look, this is me. You need to know. And so when this started happening, he's like, this is you, isn't it? And I went, well, yes, but I actually think our son might have what I can, what I have. And he's like, oh, no. But um, he had an ex- he had an in- interesting experience one night, so... James used to come to bed with me and Matt would fall asleep out on the couch and he saw one night this floating black orb. Um, He described it as this like black energy, almost like a liquid floating in front of him. It would have been about a basketball size. I'd never seen anything like that, but he was absolutely terrified. Um, So he had quite a few experiences as well which was strange because he had never had anything before happen to him so he so, could but see it, it but you couldn't no I was asleep in bed with, with James so James would have been oh, he was a baby maybe 12 months and he was out in the lounge room which is kind of adjacent to the bedroom but he was asleep on the couch and just woke but he had a whole heap of experiences in that house and it all kind of coincided to after we had James. So I don't know whether it was a combination of me and James being able to see these things or whether it was, well, I think it had to be actually because James then told me when he was older and he started talking to me, he used to say, so he was in a bedroom that had like a little um, ensuite. But it was a funny ensuite. They had done these like... Um, these two little like shutter doors to go into the bathroom. It was a bit strange, but he used to tell me how when he was in his cot, and this, this is crazy because he, he has an insane memory. Um, he used to see a skeleton. He described it as a skeleton walking out of the ensuite up to him in the crib. Really? Wow. And he was, he said he was terrified. And I thought, oh my God, if I see that bloody skeleton coming out of your <laughs> switch, I'm going to put myself. It's one thing seeing people as, you know, I see you and me, but to see a walking, talking skeleton would absolutely freak me out. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the stuff of Hollywood movies and nightmares. And for your son to see it at that age, that, that, that would really be quite terrifying. Yeah, so he he would tell he told me all sorts of things that he used to see in his room, and I was just like I knew there was stuff going on, and I would see things, but I didn't quite realise the extent. Um, but then knowing what he can see now, it kind of makes sense. They were just drawn to him. Have you ever had a shared experience of you two were looking at the same thing? Um, yes. But generally, I can sense it or I'll see an image or get a feeling in my head and James will actually see them standing there. So, yes, but in different ways. We've never actually witnessed the same thing. As in, you know, seeing a person in front of us and both of us seeing it. What's the reason for that, do you think? 
I've got no idea. Um, I definitely think he has a really, like, just a natural ability and he's not... Whereas for me, I'm kind of like, oh, am I really... Do I really feel that? Am I really seeing this? I think because of his innocence as a child, he... It's just like, well, they're there. Can't you see them? They're just, they're just there. He's not corrupt yet. <laughs> yeah, and because I haven't said to him, "You're crazy," and all this is crazy, he just accepts it for what it is. Not for, he doesn't question himself. If you know what I mean. Whereas I'm questioning myself. Yeah. Do you think you had the the same level of ability when you were younger, and you've maybe just suppressed that the older you got? And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yes, I, I think so. Um, I definitely think so. I mean, the stuff I experienced, particularly with the UFOs and um, aliens that I spoke about in the other podcasts, which started off when I was young as well, yes, I, I definitely think so. But I think for me, having no support or anyone around me that I could really talk to about it, I think that impacted like my gift, if that's what you, you know, yeah, the yeah. word to describe it. Yeah. Are you going to continue to support your son's gift? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like he's, he's mellowed a little bit because he was called the devil's child by one of his not-so-now not mates. Uh, mothers said that he was a devil's child and didn't want anything to do with him. But Hang on, by um, the mother? Yeah, wow. by a mother of a child. That's just yeah. straight-up rude. <laughs> and, yeah, so, look, once again... I think it scares some people to be to be brutally honest. Um, people don't understand it. Some people don't want to understand it. But that affected him. So he did. He won't talk about it to everyone, and he doesn't openly talk about it to his mates, which I, I understand. So how old is your son? Thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. And he's been he's been seeing this essentially from the day he's been born. We can presume. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like when we moved, so we moved to London for three years when he was five and Oliver was 18 months. And the first day we arrived, we spent about two weeks, found a rental property, moved in, and I burst into tears because the place was like a bomb had gone off on it. It was just filthy. And I was so exhausted from living out of a suitcase for the best part of three months while we uh, did the transition 
and I saw this girl out of the court, out of my peripheral vision in a blue dress. She flew past me. The door slammed to my left, and I just thought, oh, no, you know. I thought this house was fine because I didn't pick up on anything while we did a quick look through it. And then I didn't say anything to Jane because James, they were only little. And I just thought, no, nah, I just, no, nah. it was the wind. No, nah, I didn't. I'm just emotional. And anyway, so most UK houses, you walk in and then all the bedrooms were upstairs. So James would tell me, he proceeded to tell me, it would have only been a couple of weeks after we moved in, about the little girl in the blue dress that sits at the top of the stairs. Oh, wow. And I just got goosebumps and I thought, oh, crap, I did see her. Because you do, you do question yourself um, when you see these things. And because it was out of my peripheral as well, it's like, God, well, did I really see it? Did the door really slam, you know? But when he said that and he just described exactly who I saw, I just thought, wow, you know, okay. No, there's a girl here. So how does your husband react to this? Because I could imagine that, you know, in the previous episode, you said he's very much a believer of um, aliens and UFOs and, and stuff like that. And earlier you said that he he's not too keen on, on, on ghosts and stuff, but it sounds like he doesn't really have a choice to but to accept <laughs> this in his life. No. So initially he actually told me that he didn't want to encourage it with James and that I shouldn't support him and I just put my foot down and I said no I said I never had any support and I said the damage it did to me was I mean obviously I can reflect back now but at the time I mean I I can still remember how it made me feel not having support or anyone to talk to and I said I won't snuff his flame I said you know it, it is a gift I think um, he's got it for a reason whether he uses it that's up to him but I said, I'm not going to tell him he's crazy or, you know, tell him to hide it because that's what I was told. So over the years and living in London definitely changed his perspective because um, he had a few experiences over there as well. So now he's he's on board, so it's all good. You can be a, a mother-son um, ghost hunting duo. <laughs> I don't know whether Matt would like that or James. But. So let's talk about ghost hunting for a while because one of the things that we were talking about before we, we hit record is that you, you're actually part of an investigation group for a little while while you're over in the, in the United Kingdom. I was. So I met um, this really lovely bunch of people when – my best friend had booked accommodation at the Jamaica Inn in Cornwall, which if any of the listeners know about the Jamaica Inn, it's actually, it is well known for being haunted. I mean, it was. I mean, you felt that as soon as you walked through the door. Um, loved the place. Like, I fell in love with the place. I just love Cornwall, love the countryside. It was just beautiful. Um, but when we booked it, we actually had no idea at the time that it was a ghost hunting night and that also involved ghost hunting down at Bodmin Jail, which is also quite well known for being haunted. Um, I was a little bit scared at the time when I found out because I'd previously visited Bodmin Jail with my mum and dad when they had been over visiting and I had got separated from them. We had the jail to ourselves. It was winter. There's no one around in winter. They, the, the English basically hibernate in winter over there. 
And so we were walking around, got separated from mum and dad, and we ended up in what's known as the long room, which is where the condemned cell is. And I saw a shadow jump from one cell from the left over to the right. And I've never seen shadow people ever. I usually see people as like ghosts. And it absolutely, like, the energy was really intense. Like, it was so thick and it was focused on me. And I just got freaked out and left the room, picked up Oliver and left the room. So I was really quite concerned about going back there to ghost hunt. Um, but we we went along. Um, nothing really eventful happened until we went to the long room and these guys had REM pods, um, the little detectors. They had all this other equipment. They had Buddy Boo Bear, all this stuff. And I just thought I'm pretty – like I'm – pretty skeptical with some of the equipment because a lot of these people that turn up to the ghost hunts they try to be funny buggers and they do use their phone and other stuff to set the equipment off so i'm fairly skeptical but when we went into this room the equipment was going nuts and it was all centered around me so there was stuff around me and when my friend who occasionally she'll pick up on stuff she said she kept whispering to me and going laura laura he wants to talk to you. And one of the guys who was running the event goes, oh, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? And anyway, she's like, look, there's this, there's a guy, he's in that cell. He really wants to talk to my friend. So they started asking questions and the equipment was absolutely going ballistic. And they had two psychics um, in the group. And one of the psychics said, look, I'm getting the name James. And... My friend said, oh, my spirit guide's called James. That'll be that'll be who it is. So thought nothing else of it. Um, the rest of the night was pretty uneventful. Um, it was still like a great experience. We went back to the Jamaica Inn. And so driving back, um, I felt like there was someone. I felt like I had a hitchhiker. Um, to be honest, I kept putting it off going, no, no way. This, There's no one in the back. Can't see anyone. It's all good. But the feeling didn't wear off. We went back to the Jamaica Inn. Um, it felt like there was someone in the room with me and wanted to talk to me. That was just a feeling I got. But I couldn't see anything. Um, I basically just ignored it. Did not really sleep much that night. And then we went, we drove back home. So we were living in Hertfordshire. And a couple of nights later, I woke I basically woke myself up. I was sitting upright in bed. I was speaking a different language, which I later found out was Cornish. And I saw, I was talking to this guy with a tricorn hat next to my bed, knee-high boots, a really heavy coat on. And as soon as I realised I was talking in a strange language and he was there, he just faded before my eyes and I was just like, what the hell just happened? Um, fast forward. Sorry, did you want to ask any questions? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give I'll, I'll give give you a break. So let's let's go back to the the shadow person that you you saw in the cell there. So that's the first time you've ever seen a spirit that didn't have a, a form or a shape to it that was very much recognizable as a person. Do you think there's a reason for that? Do you think it's because? The, the energy was just so intense or do you think that the, the energy was like a negative energy or do you think there was something affecting the way that you could see that? It wasn't, it definitely wasn't a negative energy. Like I wasn't 
I didn't feel threatened by it. I was scared because it was just the first time I'd seen a shadow person. It was definitely like it was a man. It felt male. It was quite tall. Like it didn't have any defining features at all. It just looked like literally like one of those outlines of a dead person on the ground, shadow figure jumped from left to right. Um, I have no idea why it appeared like that as a shadow because then later on I did see him beside the bed. I'm pretty confident it was the same spirit trying to reach out. Right, because that was going to be another question that I had there is, do you think the thing that followed you back home was this this shadow person and maybe it was it didn't know how to show itself to you yet? Yeah, absolutely. Only because, um, so after all of that happened, I was then ghost hunting. So I became quite good friends with this group and they invited me to join their private group. And they are quite well known in the UK. So they have a lot of connections. And I was invited down on Halloween to investigate Tor Abbey down in Torquay, so which is down Devon, Cornwall. And after the evening, I got home at about 2 a.m. in the morning after driving back to where we were staying in Devon. And I had this really vivid dream of walking around Bodmin Jail and um, down the back of the jail is like the old naval quarters. And I saw two white crosses in front of me and on one of them, very, very clearly, I could see the name James Elliott with one T and the date 1787. And I thought, okay, that's strange because usually it's not quite black and white. Like usually I won't get names or I won't get dates, but this was very specific and very clear. And then I heard in my ear very clearly, where's Mark? Find Mark. And I woke up and I thought that was really, what a strange dream. Like why would I dream of Bodman Jail? And I'm like, Mark. Because so Mark Rablin was the caretaker of Bodman Jail at the time. And I just pushed the dream aside. Like, I didn't worry about it. But it kept nagging at me and nagging at me. And I did some Googling and I thought, oh, okay, there is a, there was a James Elliott hung at Bodmin Jail on that date. So I thought, I've, I've got to just email Mark. Even it might sound completely bonkers, but I've got to tell him what's happened. Didn't hear from him for quite some time. Um, I found out that when I had that dream, he had had a stroke. Whoa. And he wasn't he wasn't at the jail. Um, so that was crazy. And he confirmed that, yes, there was a James Elliott with that correct spelling. Um, he was hung on that date from. So a lot of the executions, only a handful were executed at the jail. A lot of them were off-site in Bodmin itself. Um, but James Elliott was executed at the jail. And the condemned cell was in the long room on the left side. Wow. The cell down the end on the left. Oh, I just got chills. That's, yeah, that's so unbelievable. It was, I, it was, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I never felt threatened by this guy. So he was executed for um, highway robbery of the mail coach, which was a crown offence. So he was, he was hung. But it was, it was almost, I almost felt like he was reaching out to me. It felt like... Like I reminded him of someone, like a family member. That's just how I felt. Um, never, yeah, never felt threatened at all. It, but it was the energy. It was just crazy. Like it was almost like a desperation of 
trying to reach out to, you know, a family member or um, it's definitely experience I'll never, ever forget. And the thing is, you may have just been on his on his same vibe level or something like that to, to make it all happen for him. No, exactly. So that was that was crazy. That was probably the most memorable experience I had um, while we were in the UK. Yeah, that's incredible. So I do have to ask because I know people are going to want to know this: that the the apparition that you saw in the room and you're speaking the the other language. Were you aware of what was going on? Like you were you conscious to the fact that you were sitting up and and talking another language? Like you were almost having no. an out of body experience. No, I had absolutely no idea. So I literally woke myself up and I was already in a sitting upright position and he was there. So I've had similar things happen previously when I was a teenager where I would kind of snap myself out of it and be sitting on my bed or sitting on my chair talking to someone and then going, whoa, hang on. You know, I thought I was having a dream, but I was actually up talking to someone in my bedroom. Um, But no, like I wasn't consciously aware at all. It wasn't until I kind of either either raised my voice or went to do something and I'd I'd snap out of it. So do you feel like you're a vessel in that moment then? I guess possibly you could describe it as that. Um, I've never kind of thought about it that way, but, yeah, I guess so. Because it almost sounds like that, and possessed is not the word I want to use, but it, it feels like you are communicating for something else within that moment of time. Yeah, like that one, the, the experience with the um, with James Elliott was strange, only in the, the way that when I spoke to Mark about what had happened and he said it sounds like you were speaking Cornish because I'd written some of it down and he said that's what they spoke back then. He said particularly... Um, he said, you know, the people that lived and breathed um, in the countryside, they spoke Cornish. They didn't speak English. And I've never, you know, when he spoke it, because Mark Rablin could speak it, and I was, it just sent chills, and I was like, wow. I've never, I've never even heard the language spoke before, but that was exactly what we were conversing in. And then it's, you think, well, how that, how, how is that even possible? Like, how could I even converse if I didn't, if you don't know the language, it was just, yeah, crazy experience. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's so unique because I haven't ever spoken to anyone who's had a situation like that ever arise. And it it's so unique in the fact that, you, one, you don't know the language. Two, you you weren't consciously doing it. And the, the fact that it is kind of all happening without your... I guess your will or you wanting it to happen is it's it's just really really unique. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So so Laura, do you think there's a reason that you have these these abilities, this this skill set? Nope. I've got no idea. No, in all honesty, I've got no idea. Um like I don't know any different because I've always been able to see things and feel things around me. Um and I've seen, like, I've had, like, when I was a teenager, I had some pretty crazy experiences. Like, one I would like to mention only because I would love to hear if anyone has had a similar experience because I haven't, I've Googled it and nothing's ever come up. Yeah, of course. Um, 
when I was living down Sydney, so I would have only been eight, seven or eight, I would see these, I would wake in the middle of the night and before anyone asked, no, it wasn't sleep paralysis, I was fully mobile, um, fully awake. I would see these, I can only describe it as Swarovski crystal spiders suspended from the ceiling. Um, They did have a glow about them, but the glow was like, um, like it it was luminous, but it was like an oil slick. Like, you know, when you see the oil slick and it's got that hologram sort of rainbowy. Yeah, yeah. That's what they look like. But they were like crystal. Never felt any fear from them or scared. Um, but I, I would just watch them in amazement. They were the most beautiful looking, but they were spiders um, with these beautiful long legs. No idea what they were. Were they inter- interdimensional? Perhaps. Um, definitely weren't any sort of spirit. Like it was a different energy. It wasn't a spirit energy, if that makes sense. But I, I would love to hear if anyone has had a similar experience to that because I used to see them quite often. Really? How often would you see that? A couple of nights a week, I would say. Wow. And then they just stopped. They just disappeared. And I was a bit sad because I just thought they were the most beautiful things I'd seen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Don't know what triggered them. Don't know where they came from. Got no idea. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a first for the podcast. So I would love to know if anyone else has experienced anything like that because I- I've never heard of anything like that. It's 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 so unique. Yeah, and another strange thing, like when we moved up to the Blue Mountains, this is what I would probably categorize in the Hat Man. Um, category that people would be familiar with my son so james started seeing a guy standing we had a hallway and then at the end of the hallway the three bedrooms would branch off and he would say that he would see a man so james would have been probably eight he would see a man standing like at the end of the hall in between the bedrooms wearing a top hat he'd never talk um he'd just be there like watching and funnily enough, um, my youngest, who never has never ever said he's seen anything, he was twirling around in his bedroom in the curtains, and he just stopped deadpan. He said, "Mummy, who's that man with the hat there?" And I turned around. There was no one there. Oh God! Um, but he described him exactly the same as James. Wow! I never saw him, but my husband used to get up at four and walk to the station. We're about a 10-minute walk to the train station to go to work and Matt actually saw him as well. And he didn't just see him. This is the weird thing. Um, He didn't see him in the house. He would see him on his way to the station. Really? Yeah, so we walked, you'd walk up this hill and then at the top of the hill was like a stop sign and then there's a highway. And Matt said there would just be this man, man standing there in a hat Matt would see him, almost acknowledge that he'd seen him, and he'd just disappear in front of him. Like fade away. And he's, yeah, and he saw him a few times, always walking to the station like early in the morning. That is creepy. That is, that's Hollywood stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's weird that all you know all three of them saw this hat man, but I never, I've never ever seen him. Never had an experience. 
yeah that is that is quite interesting it's quite creepy as well for it to be so selective about who it's showing itself to yeah yeah and it's uh, you know you the whole Hatman phenomena is quite I mean it's intriguing in itself but it's just strange it's like well, why did they see it and yet I didn't but I can see other things it's really and it kind of it's like well are they because I mean you hear a lot of negative things surrounding the Hatman it's like well that's just interesting that the, the men like the males and the family saw it but I, I never did it's strange yeah, it's maybe it's there to to keep an eye on them. Maybe it's there to see if they're ever leaving the house. Who knows? It's no, who knows? Yeah, that's that's something that would be um, a little bit concerning, but also a little bit interesting as well. It's it's such an interesting life that you live, Laura. It's something that I think a lot of people would be jealous of, and I think a lot of people would not be interested in anything of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe. And you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.